Time to go plus ultra. Note, this is not the full film of My Hero Academia Two Heroes. Rather, this is a review for the English dub of My Hero Academia Two Heroes. The video can be purchased on Blu-ray and DVD from Funimation or wherever home video is sold. Please support the official release. Sincerely, the Dub Talk Podcast. Halt there, young heroes! It is I, the symbol of peace, here to remind you that before you go off upon your epic journey, there are three rules that every true hero must never forget. First, a true hero must never use foul language in front of our junior heroes. They are the future, after all, and we must make sure to leave a good impression. Always make sure that listener discretion is advised. Second, a true hero would never post a spoiler for any or all anime without giving a suitable warning first. Seriously. Never ever do this. Only villains do that. Finally, a true hero would respect the opinions and ideals of all other pro heroes, knowing good and well that they don't resemble the full Hero Academy as a whole. After all, just because I think Aizawa is a layabout and an alcoholic doesn't mean everyone judges him for being so. But nonetheless, now that you know the basics, young heroes, come with me as we dive into truth. Justice and the American Way, as the Dub Talk Podcast reviews My Hero Academia, Two Heroes. Say it with me, kids. Go Beyond Plus Ultra! Never fear, boys and girls, because we are here. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of Dub Talk, the podcast where an aspiring group of young heroes come together and discuss the greatest and latest in English anime dubs. And you're in for a lucky treat, because this is another episode of Summer at the Movies. Today, I'm joined by my fellow pro heroes, Megan and Lilac, as we discuss the English dub of the 2018 theatrical release my Hero Academia, Two Heroes. Hell yeah! I love Die Hard. <laughs> Season finale of Summer at the Movies, boys and girls. Yep. Didn't see this one coming, now did you? No, actually, actually you technically did. Because we, did. <laughs> we, put this in the, we put this in the trailer. This We're not, the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. They probably didn't know it was season finale, though. So, yeah. Right. When does Bruce Willis show up? Oh, he already <laughs> showed up in Helsing Ultimate, actually. Do we, so. do we get to kick out... Do we get to kick Alan Rickman out of building? God damn it. Uh, sadly, Alan Rickman has been dead for some time, so... Now I'm sad. Yeah. Anyways... Is um, My Hero but... Academia the Two Heroes a Christmas movie? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> they never said it wasn't. They never said it wasn't. Oh my god. But anyways... No, no, no. They, it, they did state, though, that... It, they did state it was their summer vacation, so you can't go with that. Could be in yeah. the southern hemisphere. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Die Hard and My Hero Academia, the two heroes, is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Change my mind. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> hey, if, hey, if Death Parade could be a sports anime, then whatever. Fuck Everything you. Can. Fuck you so hard right Fuck now. Fuck you, it's not. It's not. <laughs> and I only have... Look here. 
<laughs> you will not make me say that. I have watched all of Black Clover except for the OVA and the Charmy special in the episode that's out as of the day of this recording. So fuck you, and I'm getting free dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, before we get off track, yes, this is the first theatrical release based on the wildly popular uh, series for My Hero Academia. Um, If you have not heard of My Hero Academia, you frankly have been living under a rock because it is one of the single biggest, most popular franchises of the past few years. And uh, this movie, it's it's apparently of... It's strange canonicity because apparently there are characters that are going to be in the canon and yet... It might not be considered canon. We don't know. In terms of chronological, it takes place between seasons two and three. Correct, correct. And for a brief plot summary, the climactic finals are over, and UA is getting ready for the summer training camp. Deku and All Might receive an invitation from a certain person to go overseas to a giant artificial moving city called Eye Island. This island, a kind of science Hollywood that gathers the knowledge of scientists from around the world, is holding an exposition or exhibition called I Expo, showcasing the results of quirk and hero item research. In the midst of all this, Deku meets a quirkless girl named Melissa and remembers his own quirkless past. Out of the blue, the impregnable security system the island boasts is hacked by villains, and all the people on the island are taken as hostages. Now, a plan that could shake hero society has been put into motion. The man who holds the key to it all is the number one hero and symbol of peace, All Might. So yeah, that's a basic plot plot synopsis of the film. Um, All in all, it's it's a really good time. Uh, So let's not waste any time and get right down into our ADR director and director. And these are going to be really simple. Hold, hold on. ADR director and director? ADR writer and director, rather. Our director <laughs> and ADR... director sc- and director. <laughs> the yes. person who made this film and the person who wrote the film, okay? <laughs> well, well, they, they didn't make the it. Dub. The people, who, the people the film, who, but... film. <laughs> yeah. who dubbed the film, yeah. Have you? Right. It's been a while since we've done an OG-related episode. I've missed you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I, I, yeah. I feel like Aizawa... <laughs> I'm so sad he's not in the movie. Sorry. Izawa's Izawa face it. Izawa is like somewhere under his desk with a bottle of bourbon going, "Thank fucking god." <laughs> Hi Chris. Hi Chris. Chris. Uh, yeah, right like now this- I he's he's hanging out with Dad Bod Peter Parker from uh, Spider-Verse. <laughs> Do you think I know weed's illegal in Japan, but I'm pretty sure that Aizawa tokes. Yeah. If nothing else, he he gets some CBD from every once in a while. Jesus Christ. Anyway, yeah. who's the director Aizawa of the is, Aizawa is just fucking blazing it under his desk in that sleeping bag. Why, why do you think his sleeping bag looks like a rolled up joint? God damn it. Anyway. He, he, he and President Mike are like getting high as fuck while the kids are gone. Yeah. Anyways, for our director and our screenwriter, it's very simple because they are reprising uh, their roles from the TV series itself. Our director is Colleen Clinkenbeard, and our writer is Jeremy Kratz. Uh, other uh, other shows that uh, that you can find Colleen directing is 
Pantian Stocking and Steinsgate. Jeremy Kratz, I had him pulled up just a moment ago, if I'm not mistaken. You want me to help you? I have I have his credits like right here. That oh yes, like, absolutely. Okay, so in terms of script writing work, you've probably seen him write for series like the Junji Ito Collection, and he is currently working on the 2019 Fruits Basket anime. And very good. So, uh, interesting enough, um, for our episode for the TV series proper, which we had a few years back, oh, uh, Megan, yeah. you were actually on that episode. and I was! And, and I've got some words to eat. Yeah, and both Stephanie and, for Stephanie and I, this will be our first time uh, discussing my yep. hero academia as in general yep. so the other benefits and um because normally we don't do repeats of shit series and things like that one mm-hmm. some of the characters that were covered in the original my hero episode we did are actually weren't covered in it and we're covering them today and the other reason <laughs> is pretty much because slightly different cast and megan's probably gonna eat her fucking words tonight <laughs> uh, i'm yeah. gonna i am gonna eat some crow she's eating yeah. some humble pie tonight ladies and gentlemen uh, I actually yeah. also have a big slice of pie I'm going to have to eat as well. But who wants to start us off with our opinions on our director and scriptwriter specifically for this movie? I'll go because I guess I'll go. Yeah. So since I'm the one who was on the original episode, when I was on the original episode, I, I claimed that Colleen Quinkenbeard, I think, was playing it too safe. As a director. Good job. I thought that some some choices that she made were, were super duper obvious and that while I like them, it didn't impress me. I'm a fucking moron. Um My Hero Academia is by far the best one of the best, like, continuous running dubs when it airs. Like it it gets to take a break, but like just in terms of ensemble casting, because there are, are like I wanna I know we're supposed to be speaking of the movie. Um and not the television series. There's a lot of really creative casting. Like, hi. <laughs> Mostly because this episode was on Toonami last night. You're a fucking liar if you ever thought Matt Shipman was going to be Inasa and pull it <laughs> off. Oh. <laughs> I love one beefy boy. Inasa is a beefy and there are boy, some other times. anyway. My balls! He took our balls! God damn it. God that was that was, they were screaming about that line on Twitter God last night. <laughs> they took my they took our balls. Uh, there there are some there are some other casting that I do think is like super safe, but it works. Like Austin Tindall as Monoma, who is a good boy and did nothing wrong. Here we go. Oh now, boy, she just wanted to talk about the but, show for a minute because of Monoma. That's all she wanted right now. Let me talk. I get to talk about like all of my favorite boy characters, and like I get to talk about like two of them. So let me talk about the other two. God, fine. fuck off, fuck off. Um, look here. <laughs> look here. I have to eat my words when we get to a certain section of boy. Then eat your words like, now. A lot. No. Eat we'll some. Of, eat there. some of your words now. I am eating some of my words now. Is that? Colleen knows what she's doing and Megan's a moron. Megan is not an ADR director. Megan thinks she knows what she wants, but Megan doesn't let Colleen and Jeremy do their fucking jobs. Um, I think that the movie's dub is fantastic. It is a lot of fun, especially some of... I think this also just plays on the strength that this movie is a lot of fan service for My Hero fans. Like, Todoroki gets half shirtless at least, like, two times. Um... It's it's a lot of fun. I think that they capture a lot of the energy, and I think that the 
uh, addition of certain cast members who you normally don't get to get these actors mm-hmm. because uh, they had some of them had been in like a simul dub as like a one off character or something. Uh, but this is like a good chance to hear them like really sink their teeth into stuff. And that they would later go on to do other simuldubs, whether they be in-house at Funimation or through other means. Um, but I, I genuinely really love the dub of this show. I love the dub of this movie. It's a great time. Um, there's a reason why people like it, and we usually give it a ton of awards, and when we do the fan vote, My Hero wins every goddamn year! That's why My Hero is not gonna be or on keep- the fan vote this fucking year, unless yeah. it's a returning actor that does a really good performance. Yeah, like, that's we're not, not putting the whole series up anymore. That is not named Christopher Sabbath. <laughs> we're not putting the whole series up anymore, guys. Like, we want other things to have a chance. <laughs> like, we all know my hero would win every fucking year. <laughs> Listen, like, it's like, okay, have you guys, like, I know Hardy has seen The Simpsons a ton. What? You know that one thing, that, like, one part where there's, like, the really, like, cute little goat, like, baby sheep, and they're like, ah, and another thing walks in front of it, and Homer smacks it out of the way? Yeah. That's anything else when, like, it's like, my hero is the little sheep to the fan, yeah. boat. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, it's the return of Steins. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> no, what it usually, the ugly goat usually turns out to be Attack on Titan. Titan. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, that's how it that how that's how it usually measures out. Zing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you you're not. Is the wrong. goat is the goat Irwin does it only have three legs? Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Are you good, Megan? I'm good. Somebody else can go. Oh god, I'll, I'll go cuz I am going to kind of I'm going to slightly piggyback off of some of the things that Megan said where um First time talking about My Hero on the show here. My Hero is just action-packed, full of heart, and, like, genuine sincerity to it. And the in terms of the film, it, re- it has those elements, but it also, like, dials it up a little bit more. Because it raises the stakes, get, and, and it's like an arc of the show, except obviously it's in, like, an hour and a half, two-hour movie time span here. And... I just love how action-packed and how hyped up the movie actually is. Because um, I did actually see the film for the first time in the theater. Um, Same. During the limited run. What was it? Last fall, wasn't it? Last... Last summer, I think. Summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, summer. my theater was packed, by the way. And yeah, like... mine was too. <laughs> mine was as well. Like, I'm not gonna lie that when Todoroki came on, like the entire theater shrieked like a bunch of like teenage girls oh, looking absolutely. at the Beatles. <laughs> like it was like it, my theater sounded like NSYNC had walked into the theater. Yeah, just specifically for Todoroki. <laughs> exactly. Yes, specifically for Todoroki. Specifically for Todoroki. That, it was though, hilarious. Though, though one of my my screenings was like I think like anytime like Bakugo and Kirishima were together, some girl just yelled, "But you two just got together already!" <laughs> No, my screening was, um, you know that scene where, I was telling Hard of this before we started recording, you know the scene where Kirishima and Bakugo are sharing their, like, hotel room? Which, first of all, who the fuck designed that hotel room for a couple of guys? And second of all, also being like, the, the weird, the weird that started, like, that scene was going on, like, girls were, like, freaking the fuck out. <laughs> also be that series, that shot lingers on, like, Bakugo's feet for, like, way too long. <laughs> 
It's like somebody forgot to tell them that they booked the honeymoon suite. That's kind of funny. Oh, damn it. This was meant for Momo and Jiro. <laughs> Whoops. No, but, um, like, the energy and the heart and soul of the TV show itself, it definitely, like, crossed over into the film, and nothing was lost on the direction and the writing part. And I think it actually, like, dialed it up a little bit more, considering the stakes that are given here. And, like Megan was saying, what I really enjoy, too, is some of the casting decisions for the film specifically, because our three major characters that are specific to the film are all three Cali-based actors, um, which we, at that, for a little while, you don't see that often in Funimation stuff, and if so, like Megan was saying, for like a one-off role of some kind, um, or in a Cali-recorded dub. Um, but it's very interesting, and I just love, it's so hype, and it so, has so much energy. Like, I was telling Hardy this. Even, because we were talking, um, we, we talked about Fairy Tale Dragon Cry last year, right? Yes, the three of us specifically did. Yes. And... One of the things we were saying during the episode is we had a great time and a fun experience while watching it together as a group in the theater, but going and watching it a second time when we did the episode, we realized, oh shit, the film isn't that great. That that didn't feel the same way here. Like, um, while it all, for all intents and purposes, I highly recommend seeing it with a group of people, especially if it's in a theater, because that just makes the experience so much fucking better. Um, it still keeps, maintains and keeps that level and high energy even if you're just watching it on your own which i really really like um and my hero's dub in general is just honestly very very strong and i think a lot of it pertain a lot of it is because of the direction and the writing on the show um they keep the energy they know what they're going with they know the heart of the story and it's just oh love every second of it Yeah, I also have to sort of eat some humble pie, too, because even though I was not on the episode, I made my initial feelings on Twitter rather clear about some of the decisions when the first show first came out. Mm-hmm. I th- and I actually got to meet Colleen at a convention. and Oh, was she at ABC? Anime Blues? She was, she was at Anime Blues. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, and, um, and I asked her if about... You know why she, why she chose some of the direct. You know, casted some of the actors that she did, and she says, you know, sometimes you just, it's 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 just you just go with it, because a, a lot of times you don't have time really because of the simuldos. You have to you don't have time to do auditions. You don't right. have time to do, um, all these things. So you have to make a, a like a um, you have to make a call, mm-hmm. like, and. I think what my what's the word my hesitations about the dub in general as it was starting out gradually came to the realization that she had in fact made the best possible call Mm -hmm. because you know I did criticize casting for All Might I did criticize casting for some other characters but then Three seasons and a movie later, I'm flat out wrong. This this dub is phenomenal. Everything works. It fits directly into... It, it fills all the pieces of the puzzle instantly. So I, uh, I feel like three years ago as a collective group, um, I may not have been as vocal 
about it as some of the others in the podcast, but like I think collectively as a group, there were a lot of hesitations with some parts of the dub in general from a yeah. lot of us, and maybe in the community, like period. Honestly, yeah, I I think because the show was so was just starting out, a lot of people were very 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 nervous about seeing how things were going to be handled. Right, because but, my hero was, was becoming such a huge thing in Japan, and slowly was becoming a huge thing here. That I guess, yeah, you're right. People were getting very nervous about it. Yeah, they had such high expectations, and yep. when at, when they first revealed that season one was only going to be thirteen episodes, a lot of people got upset, and so they're like, "Oh, it's gonna the adaptation's gonna suck. They're not gonna do it right." Blah, it blah, does. Blah. It's it's like one of my favorite adapted series, and it's just like yeah. one of my favorite anime now. Like it yeah. really it really sticks to the source material and kind of also adds to it in the right places. Right. Like I think we were talking, we were talking last night. Um, while watching Toonami because we're side note we've started to record some of the movies like way in advance this is the point in the Toonami run where they're doing the um licensing exam and um yeah. big boy showed up last night big boy showed up last night my boy <laughs> no but um like some of the things I love that you, they, Lyco. like there's a couple episodes of filler in that specific arc but it actually doesn't hinder it. It actually builds on top of it. Like, Todoroki's so a- fight, um, I think, what? Genie Toronto shows up to, yeah. like, be smug as fuck? Yeah, that's gonna oh, be... Oh, I'm, I'm gonna Jiro. get on that. Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna get on that. Too. Yeah. So, but anyways, as far as the movie itself is concerned, I don't think they miss a beat here. No. I think it just, you know, and even getting into the brand new characters, um, they're able to make them feel like they've been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, kudos to Colleen and Jeremy for just just cranking this thing out because I think as far as a long running dub is concerned, I've had issues with long runners such as Dragon Ball and Yu Yu Hakusho and Fairy Tale. I do not have any issues with My Hero Academia, honestly, as far as I can tell you. I think it is the most consistently good long running dub that they have done. It has not worn out its welcome at no. all. No. Yep. And I every, also really Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I think every player that is in there has their purpose to be there and they are where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to mention Colleen does actually do a lot with uh subverting expectation. I know that uh going into like cuz we're going into season 4 in October, like obviously like we're not going to like I know we're not supposed to talk about the series in general, but we kind of are, because it's kind of, it's like, did any of us ever really expect Rico Fajardo to be Tintin? No! Not really. <laughs> or, oh my god, like, he, oh my god. Or like, um. He is fucking or like, Tintin. Uh, Fuck. He, I didn't realize no, he's, this. T- he's, he's naked Tintin. God. No, what he, no, he started out as Lucas, then became Tintin, then grew uh, to Mirio. Oh my god. Mirio Naked Tintin! Tintin. <laughs> I didn't make the connection. Fuck. Last night was naked cami. (laughs) It was naked cami last night. Please mark, please mark Deku down as scared and horny. God, Um, no, not um, again. But like, but like, just, just other casting, like, Brandon McGinnis as Sir Night Eye, uh, Kellen Joff coming in as uh, Overhaul, which, these are like, just to like, speak to like, other things, like, uh, I never thought that, um, Trying to think of like other things like that I really enjoy that were unexpected casting like um, 
Oh fuck! I'm trying to think of like one that isn't a character that we're talking about that I just come to like. Well, there's gen- like well, Damon plays two of the villains in the uh, campfire arc. That one of them is Damon like, also gun! pops in in the movie. By the way, <laughs> he does. He's Adam everywhere. <laughs> Uh, gun anyway uh let's sorry just i really really like the casting and i think that colleen does continue to blow my mind and i can't wait to see who gets to play airy oh my god airy that sweet summer child he was it by the way the trailer for season four dropped today and she was in it so Mm -hmm. my heart all right right, speaking of that cast let's get right into it um now we're not going to cover all of the students of ua because while they're all they all make an appearance in the movie, not every one of them except has for Aoyama. Yeah. Except for Aoyama, he never shows. Aoyama and Tail in uh, Tail Guide never so show up. Except they're in the credits. They're in the. Credits. That's it. They're in That's the credits. It. Actually, That's it. They like never. They're like not anywhere else. It's just in the credits. Yeah, <laughs> even popular so characters like Suyu and uh, and um, and, to- and Tokoyami don't even. They have like one role, one line a piece. Yep. Um, and so Revelry in the dark. Uh, the collection of characters either got invited or they were dragged along dragged along yes um, <laughs> in the case of two of them yeah uh we start out with our female cast who are on i island during the expo we have ochako i'm doing this completely from memory believe it or not ochako uroraka aka uravity whose quirk is controlling gravity we have momo yayorozu aka Creati whose quirk is to create inanimate objects using the excess fat sk- fat cells from her skin. And we have Kyokajiro, a.k.a. Headphone Jack. Earphone who Jack. Has, earphone Jack, right. Who has long extension headphone extensions from her ears and can listen in to uh, to ver- through various walls and other things that she can do that. She can also throw darts with her earlobes. It's really cool. Uh, playing these characters... Playing Ochaku, we have Lucy Christian. Playing Momo, we have our director, Colleen Klinkybeard. And playing Jiro, we have uh, Trina Nishimura. Now, what were our opinions of these three actresses, both in the series and for this particular movie? Uh, I guess I'll start off again because I saw it off last segment. I'll start with uh, Jiro and Momo. I always remember when... You always you always feel kind of weird when the director is a character in the show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, Colleen brings Momo, I think, to life for me. Uh, I forgot to say this in the last segment. Yeah, like, when the simuldub stops being same day, I just start waiting. I can't go watch the Japanese of the show anymore. Me neither. Yep. I can't, I can't listen to the subtrack, and it has a lot of Sayu I like in that show, so, like, this is, like, a, t- a series, like, I will legitimately, like, oh, wait, you guys get dubbed this for a year? Sure, I'll fucking wait. Um, but that's never gonna happen again. But, um... Colleen really, I think, encapsulates Momo, because here's the thing about Momo. Momo is really fucking rich. She's a rich girl. Girl. Mm. Um, they bring that up, they actually bring that up in the movie that her dad's a shareholder for I Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that Momo just doesn't make every, like, this is something from the series I think I also like, that Momo, Momo, why can't you just make everything for us? But then I would take away from the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, Momo's very smart. <laughs> She's a good, smart girl that has some confidence issues. And Colleen really does that without giving her, like, the super Ojo-sama voice. Like, Momo isn't the type of girl who's gonna go, oh ho 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 Yeah. And she doesn't give her that voice either. She doesn't sound like Momo walked out of the Oran High School Host Club. Um. The Momo High School Host Club. Mm-hmm. God. 
if the go- the guys of one A did a fuck at host club, it'd be a disaster. <laughs> um, just don't ask Bakugo to be a part of it because he will just like. Hey, some girls are into that. Some girls are into that. He would just wouldn't do it though. Some dudes are. <laughs> he into would go that. home. <laughs> Kirishima would be his only customer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, chat, the group collectively ships Bakukiri, I think. <laughs> it's, you're not wrong. But, um, but no, Colleen really does such a good job getting Momo. That Momo was smart. Momo was rich. Momo was also kind of insecure and a teenage girl. Um, Trina does... I think the thing I like about Trina as Jiro is that Jiro sounds very youthful, very sarcastic, and she does sound a lot more tomboyish compared to Momo. I like that they both sound the same. They have a very similar, like, vocal range to me. Mm-hmm. But Momo sounds a lot more girly as opposed to uh, Trina's Jiro being a little bit more tomboyish. Also, Jiro's the best because she just puts Mineta in his place. Mineta and Kaminari. Kaminari only mildly deserves it compared to Mineta. Um, well, he kinda, hurt my he son. He does it to himself, though. <laughs> Shut up. I love him. Um, I know you do. Leave my son alone, my baby boy alone. We, we'll talk about more. We'll talk more about him in the next segment. But anyways, anyway, we'll talk about my special Pikachu in the next segment. Um, <laughs> Your dirt Pikachu, special Pikachu boy. Uh, and then Lucy as I, I fucking love Lucy's Haraka. I believe I wasn't one hundred percent sold on it at the beginning, and now I, I feel dumb because. Lucy's performance has at points actually driven me to tears. Um, like, it was a combination of her actually, and I believe Garrett Storbs got me to cry the first time in this series. Like, full on bawling my eyes out crying. Who the fuck did was Garrett Storbs play? She plays, she, he plays her dad, oh, jackass. Right, Look here, it's uh-huh. been a while. No, because remember the scene at the, in, after she fights Bakugo yes. in season two? Yep. Where she's, like, crying that she she couldn't win so she couldn't get famous faster to make money for them. Yeah. And he's just like, it's okay, you don't have to grow up. Like, I started fucking crying my eyes out to that scene. Yep. Like a baby. It's an emotional scene, yeah. I fucking lost- I lost it at, like, two in the morning. Oh my god. Um, but she's just so sweet and so adorable and yet takes no one's shit. Also be uh, her reaction to when uh, Deku, she rolls up on Deku and Melissa at the beginning of the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> what are you doing, Deku? She's also nervous. Like, ah! And then the other girls are like, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and, then they're insta- and then like instantly the girls are like, you're now our friend. You can sit over there. Yeah. It's like, Deku, you can go over there. There. our friend now. Yeah. <laughs> we Melissa's have abducted her. <laughs> also be the, the really sweet scene, because you don't know until later on that Melissa's quirkless. Mm-hmm. Where they're in, like, the planetarium, and Oshaka, like, lets her fly it's among so the stars. It's so cute. It's so sweet. So fuck. She's just so cute. And I, I love Lucy as, I love Lucy as Oshaka, and she is perfect and the best. Mm-hmm. So... What do you think, Steph? Oh, sweet lord. Ochako is sweet, pure, and innocent, and too good for this world. She's not innocent! She fucking arm bars people! You, okay. She's sweet yeah. and pure and too good for this world. Yeah, and she kicks ass. She, she kicks she, so much ass. So much ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Ochako as a character in general is very interesting because of those insecurities and her storyline and wanting to grow up too fast. Um, but she also is aware of her limitations. Like, all of these characters in general are fully aware of their limitations. Probably, I can't even say safe for Bakugo because he learns about his limitations basically too. I can't even, like, exclude him in this one. Um... Which I think makes the, all the characters in general very fascinating because they are all multifaceted. And they're not just, like, straight and narrow. Like, not not straight and narrow. They're not too... too what's the right word? They're imperfect. Yes, they're imperfect. They're not these, they're not these like, perfect people. They have, like, these flaws and their cracks. And it's really interesting for all of these characters. Um, in terms of Lucy, yeah, she's cute, sweet, and adorable, and I love her. She's, oh, too precious. Uh, Momo and Jiro, I know Megan used the comparison of girly versus tomboy. I kind of would, would go with the comparison of regal rich girl versus rock star. Yes. That'd be my mm-hmm. comparison here, because Colleen's because Megan is right, Colleen and Trina do have similar, like a similar tone of voice and a range. But they are able to make, with, because of the personalities of these two characters, they can make them very distinctive, especially if they're in the same scene together. Like, Momo for Colleen, you can tell you can tell she's, like, a prim and proper girl, but she does have those confidence issues like Megan was alluding to. And then with Trina as Jiro, while she does kind of have that tomboy aesthetic to her, she's also this, like, kind of punk rock kind of girl. And I just, I love Trina as, as Jiro. It's so much fun. And um, we're, I don't, I doubt we're going to get to this right now in the anime. I just read the new volume of the manga that came out yesterday. Where they do their little concert? Yes! Well, the prep for it anyway. Right. Bakugo plays the drums. <laughs> Bakugo plays the drums. And Jiro, like, this, 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 the um, school festival arc here, it kind of becomes a little bit of an extra developmental story for Jiro in a way because she you see so she's not exactly as confident either with like her her likes and her hobbies and it's very very interesting and I can't wait for Trina to portray that but um yeah I love all all three of these performances I actually have a slight disagreement about Lucy from the beginning I actually really enjoyed her from the beginning in all honesty um did I think it was slightly typecast sure just mildly, but I still thought it was absolutely fantastic from day one. But um, otherwise than that, yeah, I loved all three of the girls. All right. Uh, I'm going to start off in a little bit different order from you guys. I think I will start off with Jiro first. You want to say uh, Momo last, don't you? Uh, you know me too well. <laughs> We've been friends for long enough. <laughs> yes. Momo's think- his for best those girl, who, so. For those who don't know, Momo is Hardy's favorite and his best girl. So he has to save her for last. Right. I'll start off with Jiro first. Um, I love how she has this snark personality to her. Like, out of all... First of all, between the main six girls, there is no best girl. They are all equally best girl. You right. You just pick a favorite. You right. Yeah. Yeah. And if they were in individual other series, they would be the best girl of their particular series. Like, if I had to pick a favorite girl for me, it'd be Jiro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jiro's fun to listen to because she does have that attitude. She's not willing to put up with the, the boys' perviness. She's always ready to shut them down whenever they act up. 
and uh, and yet she's also got this real, you know, soft side to her where she's not really she's kind of shy, mm-hmm. uh, and she's sort of you know not really. She she knows the limits of her abilities, but she doesn't really know um, how to properly use them perfectly just yet. And so she's got got to get this shy sort of attitude, but at the same time, she can turn it around and and toss a a quip or an insult right back at you. She was honestly really adorable when they first get to the um, the party, and she's just hiding behind Momo because she never wears formal Mm -hmm. dresses. And yet she's rocking that leather jacket at the same time. Absolutely. She looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I'd like to point it's, out it's, that the entire like, movie that it's like '80s punk prom for her, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to point out that throughout the entire movie, they run up like a hundred some odd flights of stairs, and Ochako does it all in heels. <laughs> yeah, even Melissa had to toss hers. Yep. So <laughs> eat your heart out, bitch! In Jurassic World. Oh my god. Yeah, but anyways, I think Trina has that type of personality to where she could play that really well. Uh, and she makes Jiro sound really comfortable. Um, Lucy as Ochako is just a peach. She really is. Sweet Georgia she is peach. like like a Georgia peach given human form. Uh, <laughs> we can't even go with cinnamon roll on this one. It's a sweet Georgia peach. Oh my god! I Which is it. ironic considering the other girl is actually named after a peach in Japanese. You never right? Mind. Yeah, she is. you right? Yeah. No, she's just a sweet little ball of cotton candy who can still kick your ass and put you in an arm bar if you try to fight her. And Lucy's played these sort of sweet girls a lot, and she knows how to do it. And, and uh, yeah, she sounds really good. Okay. Now for the real reason why he's here, little ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, let me take out this plate of humble pie. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh, that's right. Wait, that's right. Now I remember this. I forgot this. this was a thing. Even before the anime was announced, Momo has always been my favorite character. Because she is, how do you say, she is the most, um, uh, what's the word? She is basically the stereotype of the spoiled rich girl completely flipped on its axis. Yes. That's yeah, actually because, very true. Yeah. She has, you know, she could have so easily been the snooty, um, bratty, Ojo Saba, oh, ho, 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 type. And right. she's not. She's okay. sweet. She's a big sister, almost. She's definitely the mom of the main six. Oh, absolutely. She's, she's the mom O, if you want to get into it. Mom O, yes. And so when I looked at this character and. They were announced the anime, and they announced that they were going to do a simul dub. At first, I thought, please, please, please don't st- typecast her as Colleen Clinkenbeard, oh. because I did not want to hear Riza Hawkeye or or um, Urza Urza Scarlet again as as Momo. And of course, it when it came out, it is of it is of course. Colleen Clinkenbeard. And I at first I was kind of like kind of resentful. I have been completely turned around. I have changed my mind entirely. Yay! Colleen Yay. plays Momo to the best of her ability and it works and I cannot imagine any other voice coming out of her now. 
She is Momo Yaoyarozu for me. And, um... Yay! Yeah, so... And especially in this movie, she gets to speak a little bit more and be sort of a... More of a, um... A commanding role among the girls, specifically. Yeah, because she uh, does have that little bit of insecurity about, like, taking on a commanding presence. And, like, like she's very yeah. smart. She is extremely smart. In fact, in her filler episode during the... Um, during the uh, the license exam, she outsmarted another character whose entire quirk was being smart. Yep. Yeah. Being drinking tea. Drinking drinking tea. And so, yeah. No, I, I liked how she sort of, um, she was hesitant to get into things, but at the but when things got um, hairy, she sort of took the commanding role and said, hey, you do this and you do this. I'll hold back and fire things from the cannon and pull mm -hmm. flares out my boobs and, and stuff like that. <laughs> flares out of my Boobs. God damn it! Well, mm -hmm. she did. You're not wrong. She did. She, she did. did. <laughs> yeah. The way you described it. Look here. Everyone knows that girls' bras are just other purses that we pull shit out of. You right. We stuff everything yeah, in there. Yeah, as opposed to an actual purse, which is a, which is a portable dumpster. But <laughs> it's true. It's also true. I can't be mad. It's also true. But yeah, I need we need to go get going. But yeah, I just I have completely turned my opinion back around on Colleen Clinkenbeard. I think she's great. Yay! So, yay! Uh, moving on to our first set of boys, we have six of them, and we're gonna divide them into three. We have. Let's see here. We're starting out with Tinya Ida, aka Ingenium. His quirk is that he has engines in his legs, which allow him to sprint at incredible speeds. Basically, he's Sonic with a stick up his ass. He also yeah. basically never skips leg day. Never ever. We have Denki Kaminari, aka Best Char Boy, aka Charge Bolt, whose body allows him to uh, create incredible bursts of energy at the cost of rendering him stupid. If he uses too much. <laughs> and we also have everybody's favorite character. As he uses the most amount of sarcasm humanly possible. Minoru Mineta, a.k.a. Grape Juice, whose quirk allows him to pull sticky or sticky purple balls off the top of his head and throw them to incapacitate <laughs> Yes. And when he takes it when he takes a dump, his balls are extra sticky. Uh, <laughs> Have you been sitting on that joke for a while? No. She made he <laughs> said that joke in the in the TV series anyways, but God damn it. Alright. Mineta is best boy, air quotes, as in he's the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Playing these this trio as t as Ida, we have J. Michael Tatum. As Kaminari, we have Kyle Phillips. And playing Mineta, we have Brina Palencia. Um, With the sticky balls. As the sticky balls. It's my sticky balls! Balls! Yep. <laughs> I will never be able to do that as well as Brina Palencia oh, does. Oh, Brina's a trooper. <laughs> so who wants to start us off? <laughs> I guess I will again because Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's just talk about Mineta, who's a fucking trash, horny gremlin. Like... <laughs> Brina yeah. is a fucking He's trooper for this trooper. one. Trooper! Like, Minata is, like, actually the fucking worst. Um, outside of the villains, like, he is my least favorite character outside of me. This is probably gonna get a lot of people. He's probably my least favorite character outside of Toga. Oh, um, I don't. Ouch. I don't like Toga very much. Ouch. Like, I actively got upset when the manga made me sympathize with her. Ouch. 
When the manga made me feel sympathy for Toga, I was pissed. Toga's creepy. Toga like, is Toga, Toga's, Toga, Toga's like creepy in a way that I just don't want. Toga's like, yandere as fuck. <laughs> Toga's, but at least Toga's a well-written character. She um, she has that. I don't like. I don't think Mineta. And a lot of people are like Megan. You love Kaminari. Why do you like Kaminari, but you hate Mineta? But they're both horny. Here's the thing: Kaminari has other personality traits. Kaminari yep. doesn't make fun of his friends when they fail, like Mineta did. Kaminari watched... also doesn't hit on little girls, hoping. Girls. Yeah. Like Kaminari, like Kaminari, like active. It just doesn't actively hit on anybody except for maybe Jiro. And even in this movie, he like actually genuinely compliments her about her dress. So fuck off. Um. But Brina Palencia brings Mineta to life for me. <laughs> she gives him, like, this weird... Like, Mineta has a lisp, and it never feels like it's something that is done to, like, mock... Give him, like, a mocking voice. Because usually when people give characters lisps, it's usually very much a... Oh my god, please know how to do this in a tactful way that doesn't make them a gay stereotype... Or somebody with a uh, mental disability stereotype. Yep. And Brina never does that with Mineta, thank God. Uh, Mineta in this movie gets his moments. Um, I, I very much love Brina's crying Mineta voice a lot. <laughs> Where, <laughs> I think one of my like favorite kind of moments in the movie is when they're like, Who's small enough can, that can fit through this vent? And everyone just kind of looks at him. Everyone just kind of looks and can't... No, who's small enough to go to the vent and climb up the building without falling off it? Everyone just looks over. Yeah. And he's like, why me? And the commoner's like, think of all the pussy you're gonna get. <laughs> but in the nice way, not the, not the nasty way. So, I, I love Brita. I love Brita making... I love just... Like, as much as I don't like how Mineta's written, I do just like how Brina plays him, because he makes- he, she makes him so tolerable. And that says a lot. <laughs> uh, Ida- let me- I'm saving my best boy for last. Um, Fair enough. Ida is another character I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me when they casted this character? Like, everyone and their mom knew that this was going to be J. Michael Tatum's character. <laughs> And if you thought otherwise, you're a dummy. Yeah. I probably had other predictions somewhere. Um, I'm not going back to that shame bucket of an episode. But at least I know who sings the wind beneath who sings wind beneath my wings. Um motherfucker. Every time we hear like Celine Dion music or like at all, we will send videos to Noah screaming at him. Like, this is Celine Dion, you ignorant Dion, fuck. you ignorant fuck. Noah, we love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop. Just, yeah. So, I I obviously want to say that I'm wrong, because J. Michael Tatum is the perfect Tenya Ida. He makes him... He is such... Ida can be, like, a fucking trip or, like, actually make me cry. Like, especially, like, obviously this isn't in the movie, because uh, Ida gets his moments in the movie, but Ida's kind of a lot of comic relief in this movie. Yeah. And that's very strange to see Ida be comic relief, especially after you watch, like, season two. Especially because the last half of season two yeah. had the stage shit. You're right. <laughs> where, you know, like, Ida, where Robert McCollum puts the fear of God in you. Mm -hmm. Um, But... 
J. Michael Tatum's Ida is an absolute treasure to listen to. He is he is very much like he he walks that fine line of being a stick up the butt but still a genuinely good person who's concerned about his friends. And I love Kyle as Kaminari. <laughs> like going into this dub, Kyle Phillips was probably the part like one of the members on the cast I was least familiar with. I literally knew Kyle from Assassination Classroom. That's it. You right. That was the only show I knew him from. You're right, actually. <laughs> Um, he was Art Kid. He was the Art Kid who gets his episode kind of cut. Uh, because I remember reading the manga for Assassination Classroom and I was super pissed that that character didn't get his moment. I'm also super pissed they never did the part where Kristen McGuire trains attack dolphins. <laughs> but, anyway. Um, he is so delightfully, ch- like, he's cute and boyish and... And, and derpy and, and adorable and I love I love Kaminari. He's such a, a sweet baby and Kyle does such justice to his voice and he's so much fun to listen to hear him bounce off Brina Palencia's performance as Mineta or uh, Kirishima's actor or Bakugo's actor because he's very much like the least gruff of like the two especially compared to Kirishima and Bakugo he's the least gruff of them mm-hmm. and he's very much like the ballads it's like hey guys uh you he's mean, he kind of, the Baku kind of like, trio. Yeah, he's like the Shaggy Baku. of the Baku trio. Yes. He's, like, he's like the Shaggy of the Baku trio, like Zoik's, like Zoik's Baku girl. <laughs> oh, yes, Kirishima Scooby. <laughs> oh my god! And Bakugo is just a really angry Fred, <laughs> or Bakugo is just really angry Daphne. <laughs> what? God damn it! Bakugo is angry Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fuck. Okay. Are you good? That's... I'm good. No, are Megan, you sure? Are you good? Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm just gonna let you sit on Angry Daffy. <laughs> Fuck you. Um. Oh boy. Uh, Brita Plessy is a goddamn trooper voicing Minetta because Minetta is the fucking worst. <laughs> and um, I do have to agree because. Not only does she have to play the small little perverted little goober, but adding the lisp and all these little mannerisms that Minetta has. There's a, there's a lot to Minetta as a character, even though he's probably right now one of the most irredeemable pieces of shit. Ever. That isn't a villain. Huh? That isn't a villain. That isn't a villain. But, uh, yeah, and at the same time, you just love to hate Minetta. And um, Brina does m- give him some fun energy uh, to to his voice, and make, definitely makes him as a standout um, as a character in general. Granted, the character again is t- terrible, but um, it's it makes it the vo- the vocal performance makes it endearing enough, and makes makes him moderately tolerable. It doesn't make his actions tolerable; it just makes him tolerable. Um. As for Ida, Ida is the best way I can describe Tatum as as Ida is a kind of caricature of sorts, because Ida is like straight and narrow, and like he has the stupid gag now where he's just like arms flailing, like 
straight. Like, what the fuck? Like, he's like, a robot. Eda in this movie, Eda in this movie is very much comic relief as opposed to the show. <laughs> he is very much comic relief, and I find it very, very enjoyable here. Um, Tatum takes on the leader role very well, the leader and the, like, the rules kind of guy, um, which makes a lot of sense considering Ida's character, and, um, one of his things in the movie itself is, like, I'm only, the second this gets too far, this is dangerous, we're done. Like, I I ain't about that life, I ain't about that game. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. Ida's there, like, I, Ida's there getting flashbacks to Stain. Pretty much. And then, because a similar situation comes up in season three when they're going af- to rescue Bakugo, um, as well, where he's just like, no. Him and Momo, they're just like, no. The second this goes overboard, you are not going anywhere. Like, um, it's very interesting. He's a very straight and narrow kind of character, and almost like a caricature of, of sorts. And, um, as a by-the-rules, by-the-book kind of guy, Tatum plays that fantastically. Um, as for Kaminari, Kaminari is very chill, very calm and matter-of-fact. Um, he's not sarcastic and blunt like Jiro might be, but he's kind of just like, hey, man, what are you talking about? Like, da-da-da-da-da. He's very, Kyle is very chill, and I, I appreciate that. It is a fun balance with a lot of these characters. Like, he has a fun dynamic with Brina. He has a, gr- like, great dynamic with Trina as Jiro. Um, in the show, like Megan was saying, he's part of this, basically this trio with him, um, Kirishima and Bakugo. They're like their own little friend group and it's actually kind of interesting. But Kyle brings a lot of fun, like a relaxed vibe to him because there are some characters that can be very, very tense in their performances. Um, so it's fun to have a different kind of balance to that. Um, also, Derp Kaminari is fantastic. Derp. <laughs> Derp. <laughs> Derp. <laughs> like, I, I love the noise. I just love the noises that Kyle does. It's for, great. For him. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if anything, this definitely... This role in general put Kyle Phillips on everybody's radar in general, honestly. Um... But, yeah, Kaminari is very chill, and it's a great balance to some of the more, like, sticklers and the gruff and the sticks in the mud, and, like, it's a nice balance. It's a very, the cast in general is a very nice balance of voices, and it just makes it very diverse. I'm done. You can go. All right. So, has anyone ever had the idea of taking Kaminari's derp face and putting it on Saitama's pet face? No, because Or vice versa? I need to do that after we're done here. Fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd also like to point out one thing that I really like about Kyle Phillips is that, like, he's just genuinely, like, interacts with all the Kaminari cosplayers. My favorite one is, like, when a group of, like, them T-posed him. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he just T-posed back at him or something. That's great. We, we, have, yeah. we have created a monster. What on earth have we done? Hardy is going to create something very, very Hardy, has to say, Hardy, I need you to say nice things about Kyle for reasons. Mm. Oh, oh, here we go. Yeah. I'll say nice things about Kyle, all right. No, no I genuinely will. No, I think one of the reasons why a lot of people are okay with Kaminari being a little bit pervy as opposed to Mineta's perviness is that Kaminari is more of a look but don't touch sort of role. Yes. Whereas Mineta is, Mineta, just wants he wants to get gropey. Yeah. He wants it all. Like, yeah, he wants, Kaminari wants to look at the pretty girls, but he doesn't want to get all handsy with them like Mineta does. Um, as far as the performances go, uh, <laughs> Brina as Mineta is hilarious. Um, it's sort of, he's sort of the butt monkey of the, of the groups, particularly for this movie. Yes. And sure. watching him 
and his uh, his little antics. He is he's a shit stain, but he's a laughable shit stain. You know, he's your four but three monstrosity, Minoru Mineta. God um, damn it! God damn it! <laughs> I can't but, see yeah. Hakuna Matata ever again. Fuck. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, but uh, he you know she's really fun to listen to as Mineta. Um, Kyle, in general, this is one of my favorite performances from him, is because he makes. Kaminari seems so natural. He, he, it really works well with his voice with this particular character. I've had my criticisms of his voice uh, for other characters in the past, but I think Kaminari is one of his best ones. And as far as Ida is concerned, this is, he's just based, J. Michael Tatum himself has said that he's basically just Ida. It's, it's like a role that he was born to play. Like, everything about him is just, like, one-to-one almost. So... I think it. I think, frankly, while it was a very safe choice, it was a choice made for the right reason, because I can't imagine any other character playing, uh, th- any other actor playing this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really all I had to say about these three. Uh, now, uh, Hardy, if you can say the words, Kyle Phillips is the best ever. He is the greatest Freeman on earth. Please bless us, Kyle Phillips, with the dance with devils bloopers. I will be. Can you please just do that for me? I will do it at a fest on camera. Yes, okay, on camera. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. That we get it on camera. It immediately goes on Twitter, and we tag Kyle Phillips immediately. Done. Oh no, dude, he's gonna do it in his face. How are we gonna? Oh shit, you're right. Mm-hmm. Ah! Get me them bloopers again. Right. Again, we recorded this way in advance because a fest is. Hardy, I will give you. T- <laughs> Hardy, I will give you twenty dollar bills or buy you the nicest Momo thing you can find if you do it. Uh, we will see. We will see. Yeah. The battle Hardy, continues. I need. I need. I need those bloopers in my fucking eye holes, like the judge <laughs> wants to pitter patter on that one bitch's tits. Oh my god. <laughs> we shall see. Oh, so long as you don't try to steal beers from the fridge again. I'm or sorry. use their okay. toilet. All right. Also, make sure you tell them that Whataburger is the greatest thing ever. Uh, I have my limits. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, fair. All right. Anyways, before we need to go on to the second round of boys, um, also attending the conference, uh, we have because he won the. Uh, God. He sports won festival. in air quotes sports festival. festival. He won. Yeah, the UA Sports Festival. He gets invited. We have Kotsky Bakugo, a.k.a. Lord Explosion Murder, a.k.a. King Explosion Murder, whose quirk involves having explosive sweat that he uses to create incredible large-scale explosions. We have, along dragging along for the ride, we have Eijiro Kirishima, a.k.a. Red Riot, whose quirk allows his body to become super rock hard and protects him from danger. <laughs> and rounding these out, because he also is a... He was invited because he also belongs to a family of superheroes. We have Shoto Todoroki, a.k.a. Shoto, whose quirk ha- give, has, has allows him to use ice on his right hand and fire on his left. Um, I'm sorry, when you said Kirishima gets really hard, I kept laughing. God damn it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are children on this podcast. I am sorry. Yes. I'm an adult. Uh, <laughs> I can do adult things. All right. Okay. Playing Kotsky. Well, okay. Start off. 
Playing Eijiro Kirishima, we have Justin Cook. Playing Shoto Todoroki, we have David Matranga. Playing Clifford Chapin, we have Katsuki Bakugo. <laughs> Thank you for that. God damn it, I didn't expect it, but that's great. Yeah. Oh, I love Angry Daphne. Fuck. <laughs> Oh. What's up, Angry Daphne? Fuck. <laughs> you know, the second he watches this, we're gonna get shit for it, right? I'm gonna get de- we're gonna get messages being like, "What the hell is wrong with you, you little bitch?" Just imagine, just imagine if Bobby Hill cosplayed Bakugo and used propane tanks for to shoot out flames oh from his God. hands. Oh my God! Why would why would he cosplay? Why would Bobby Hill cosplay as Bakugo when he could just be Todoroki with antifreeze on the other side? Oh Anyways, God! I'm sorry, Cook- Cliff. We love you. All right, who wants to start us out about these three? For Cliff- Clifford Chapin, for $8,000 a month, I will shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, dude. I love you. <laughs> uh, let's talk about... Let's. I, I kind of want to do... I want to do Bakugo last, so we'll talk with Kirishima first, because I believe I got to talk about Kirishima in the episode for a very little bit. Um... It's really, really funny that a lot of people, whenever they hear Justin Cook now, everyone I know is like, he's Kirishima! And I'm like, oh my god, there are points in my baby weeb life where Justin Cook made me cry immeasurable tears. Hatsuharu! No, I'm talking about Trinity Blood. I wanted to throw his character off a roof! Fair, but still Hatsuharu. (laughs) Fuck Fuck Dietrich from Trinity Blood! Um, (laughs) Fuck Dietrich! Um... So no, but it's really funny actually that you bring up Hatsuharu because everybody's like, because now Fruits Pass gets back and they're like, oh wow, Hatsuharu sounds just like Hiroshima. I'm like, no, other way around, bitch. Other way around here. Um, <coughs> other way around, children. No, so Justin Cook is a fantastic Hiroshima. Hiroshima is like the human equivalency of a golden retriever that can get hard. Um, <laughs> God damn it. One of my favorite moments in the entire movie is where he gets blown into a wall, and they go over to him, and he goes, I'm stuck, and Pakuko goes, turn your quirk off. Oh, hey! Oh, yeah, I can do that! Oh, yeah, I can do that! God, God, I can't wait for season four with him. Oh, Um, God, he's gonna have such fun. Oh, much so- Fun! Fun, she says. Um, no, but Justin Cook just brings this- like lovable charm to Bakugo, <laughs> Hiroshima. He gives him lovable charm too. Shut up, Whoa. mom. Okay. Shut up, <laughs> Scooby Doo here. Um, <laughs> and just he always makes like Hiroshima. Hiroshima is Hiroshima isn't very bright. By the way, we've learned this. Hiroshima fails the test. He doesn't make Hiroshima seem like dunce, but he does make him seem like. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Lovable dunce. He's dim-witted. He's dim-witted. Him and together, him and Kaminari form at least the one of the two brain cells in the Bakugo in the Baku trio. Um, Dave Matranga. Here's the thing: when when we got to originally do the episode, I remember we actually held up as long as we could to hear Todoroki talk, and then Steph was like, "Have you fucking recorded?" We're like, "No, record the episode." Yeah, Todoroki has to talk. I don't care. 
care. She's like, I don't care. It's being held off long enough. Just do it. So I thought I thought Todoroki was Micah Solson. And then it literally, like, the next week it came out that it wasn't. And Steph said, haha, you're all fucking wrong. And I remember when it wasn't Micah Solson, I was actually upset. <laughs> because I was like, I don't know who, like, okay, I knew who Dave Matranga was because I had watched Attack on Titan. But Bearholt doesn't do a lot in the first season. Bearholt gets interesting in, like, the middle of the second season. Right. You know where shit goes to hell. Which is weird to say for Attack on Titan. Um, but Dave has become the epitome of Todoroki to me. Like, he does such a good job playing... Like, I can't wait for Sassy Roki to come out that's in the manga. Oh, you like, mean the slurp? S- sassy Todoroki, Sassy Roki, Sassy Roki. Sassy. The slurp. Sassy boy. Slurp. Yep. So, oh, Steph doesn't know about the slurp yet. Oh, oh, the I slurp d- is I, glorious. I don't know I love anything. the slurp. Like, again, I'm only fo- I've been following the Viz release, so anyone, anything further past that right now, I have no idea. Let's just go with this. There's a, Todoroki is kind of a, a sass master in the manga, and I love him. He kind of does have a bit of sass to him. He's a little sass his ass. But Dave, Dave, the thing I like about to- Dave's performance as Todoroki is that Dave does not play Todoroki as emotionless, like I think a lot of people would have thought. Right. There is, like, so much tension in a lot of his performance. Obviously not in this one. In this movie, Todoroki is kind of also, like, relegated to fan service. Kind of is, yep. <laughs> Todoroki doesn't, Todoroki just kind of shows up and, like, does things and, like, yells at Bakugo just so we can actually see Bakugo and Todoroki fight together. Like... Uh, but Dave, Dave's work as Todoroki over three seasons now is really good, especially in the beginning of season two, where you kind of get to learn about his daddy issues, to which, happy Father's Day to everybody but NG, uh, NG Todoroki. Oh yeah, by the way, we're recording this on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody but Endeavor! <laughs> Whoops. Fuck you! Um... So, I, I genuinely like it. I'm very happy that uh, Micah wasn't Todoroki, because Micah's also a fantastic best-cheatist. So, thank you for proving me wrong, Dave, and for also having become one of, uh, an actor that I genuinely like to listen to in a lot of other shows. And as of, like, a month from this recording, I will have gotten to meet him, so, for the first time. So, yay. And then, oh god, this is where I really need to eat some humble pie. Dun-dun-dun. If you remember the original episode, I hated Todoroki. I, I hated Kir- Bakugo. I hated. Thank you as a character. I did, however, get Bakugo being played by Clifford Wright. Thank you, Grimgar of Ash. Uh, thank you to Grimgar Ashes and Illusions being a simuldub. Unfortunately, I am very happy Orion Pitts is better. But thank you for that the slight moment where Bak- remember where he had to basically play fantasy Bakugo um, for like four episodes. Uh, when I started the series, I didn't like Bakugo for a lot of the things he did, and I thought he was an irredeemable asshole. Bakugo is the best character in the show. Haha, <laughs> yay. Bakugo is the best written character in the series. Uh, and Clifford, I, I can't say anything but nice things for a man who plays himself, basically. God uh, damn it. I say that as a joke, not because, I, having met Clifford, he is not 100% Bakugo, but he is he's a good dude, and... He does such a good job of, of, of screaming as Bakugo, but also in the moments in the series where Bakugo gets to be quieter and have kind of more of these, like, hard, more hard-hitting moments. Because Bakugo is the other character who's, like, actually made me cry my eyes out. Um, and in the movie, he is just a riot between 
yelling at Deku for upstaging him, not wanting to actually be on this trip in the first place. <laughs> Angry Daphne wants to go home. Um, <laughs> Don't tell me Angry what to da- do! Do! Don't tell me what to do! I see how bastard. he does it anyway. Anyway. I see how bastard. Don't tell me what to do. You can't lose to this fucking bitch-ass villain! <laughs> um, so Clifford does does what he does best as Bakugo. It's a lot of fun. I'd also like to point out that, like, in the series, the season three bloopers, Bakugo has my favorite blooper, and it's right after, um, it's right when Koda kicks Deku in the in the nuts. Where he kicks Deku in his seeds. Um, just, Clifford just goes with the very small, my hero. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... I love all the guys. It's it's really hard to say anything negative about the stub at this point. Like it really is. There's very there's very little things I can criticize. Yeah, it's it's so. a testament because they've had the they've had a lot of time to like really sink their teeth into these characters and these especially Cliff and Bakugo. Bakugo is probably characters are absolutely imperfect, which means they're multifaceted and have so much complexity to each of them. Um... So, Kirishima, though, is one of the few that we haven't gotten to see that much opportunity with, um, but season four will definitely change that, for sure. Um, but in terms of Justin Cook as Kirishima, he, it's another, like, kind of similar to, in its own way, to um, Trina as Jiro. Definitely, like, a rock star kind of performance and tone of voice. Like, very, very gruff, um, considering Kirishima's quirk. Um, but he's also so much, he's also, like... Hardy's right, he's the dimwit, but he's also kind of this voice of reason. And he's, (laughs) it's the, this is gonna be very weird when I say this, but it's it's 100% accurate. He's Bakugo's better half because he knows how to rein him in sometimes. Like, it actually is a great balance between the two characters. Um, And I love Justin the Pieces. He just has so much fun with the role, and I'm excited to see season four where that goes is this the part where i also admit that i ship bakugo x uraka just to spite people Ooh. <laughs> oh oh <laughs> it's a popular ship it is a popular ship especially yep. after the just sports like festival. Deku with the frog girl especially after the sports festival um as for dave as um todoroki todoroki has this stoicism to to his character um which that would be like the character type and the stereotype that you would normally think of. Um, if you have no prior knowledge of the show and you just go into the movie, you would be perfectly fine with it. He's just like, oh, he's the cool headed, cool, level headed, like kind of stoic, not necessarily emotionless because there is emotion behind it. Um, but you would be a okay with the um, film and how Dave portrays it. Um, Obviously, since we all know more about Todoroki, we all know the underlying underlining um, context behind everything that goes on with Todoroki's life. And um, Dave, like, it's still very consistent and very strong of a performance, um, despite being relegated to fan service for all the girls <laughs> in the theaters. Because <laughs> we have to have Todoroki shirtless, we have to have the shirtless Todoroki quota film on this film. Got to please yeah. them, fangirl somehow. Um, they want his icicle. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. But that's Forinasa. <laughs> you are not wrong. I will go down with this ship. I will also go down with that ship. Um, 
Let, make sure I make sure I take you over to Lyco's booth at A-Fest. Fuck yeah. I remember I remember her. Are you kidding me? By the way, if you wonder who it is, her name is Lysina Rune on Twitter. She's a very sweet girl who did a lot of commissions for us last yes. year. She's also a big fat Inasa Todoroki Oh, shipper. absolutely she is, and she's adorable. <laughs> she is the god of that ship in my mind. <laughs> anyway. But, um, yeah, Dave definitely has... <laughs> Um, while the character on the surface level has this stoicism and almost, like, very, very cold presence to him, um, you can still sense that warmth and, um, in the point of this film anyway, um, there's definitely that warmth to that voice as well, um, showing that this character is growing and changing considering the events prior to this. Um... Hello, my name is Stephanie. I'd like to welcome you to my TED Talk about Katsuki Bakugo. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and, why, and why he is the best boy of the show. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will go down for this child. God damn it. Oh, sorry. Um, for those who don't know, because I didn't get to talk about my hero one time before, Bakugo is my favorite. <laughs> Like, I will go down for this ship. I will go down for this character. Um, because <laughs> Bakugo is an angry little shit lord edgelord, but he's also doing his best. <laughs> he's doing his best. It's very, very much. Um, in terms of the movie and in terms of Cliff's performance here, um, it's standard fare, sure. Um, because everybody loves angry, raging Bakugo and, like, die, die, die. <laughs> Um, but there are these little moments, too, where he does kind of, like, he kind of quiets down a little bit, too. Um, I brought it up earlier, the scene where he and Kirishima are talking to each other about the, the formal reception, and in their, their really weird honeymoon suites, (laughs) and he's just, like, like, kind of more casual, still, still maintaining this gruff tone of voice, and, um... I just, I fell in love with the performance from day one of the franchise, like, no ifs, ands, or buts, but, um, with Bakugo as a character in general, he's very multi, he's very, very much one of the more complex characters of the show in its entirety, for many reasons that we're not gonna, I'm not gonna really get into right now, um, because we're trying to talk about the film anyway, but, um, like, I've said this at least to myself and I think to everybody else in the group from day one that Cliff was always my favorite performance Bakugo was always my favorite character um, in the franchise in general and this is just me saying like yeah despite being an angry angry little edgelord like he has his little moments where he just kind of dials it back a little bit there was a little moment that warmed my heart at the end like after the defeat of the villains and everything like that He's just, he actually just has a little smile on his face, and then Todoroki notices, and he instantly snaps and goes back to being a little shit. Yeah, that's right! It's just like, my heart! Bakugo, my heart! (laughs) It was Stephanie, I can do you, uh, if you don't mind, segue into me. Sure, like, Um, I'm good. I I can do you one better than that scene. What? Two simple words. Okay. Thank you. (gasps) Yes! My heart! The entire... The entire theater <laughs> just went. <gasps> My heart. Just, Holy shit! Oh right, what did he, he says? Thank you to Todoroki or Kirishima. Kirish- well, Kirishima actually, if you're being specific. But um, mm. 
my heart. Yes, the yeah. angry little no. edgelord is finally like warming up to people, and he's not being as freaking self-centered and egotistical. It's so sweet. When I, I saw it. that at the theater, oh. you could hear a pin drop. Everyone was like, <gasps> like no. But yeah, <laughs> my, my, no. My, my boy is growing up. My, my baby uh. boy Baka go growing up. Ah. Sorry, I love so Bachman pieces. <laughs> I'll done. be I'll be rather short and sweet on it. Um, I think Clifford Chapin was born to play Kotsky Bakugo. Absolutely. There's, there is no uh, there is no other actor I can I can honestly have after having listened to it. There's no other other actor I think could play the part and do it as ju- much justice as he does it. I think this this is I think part of him lives and breeds and bleeds Bak- Kotsky Bakugo. That's just part of him, so, and I think it was an absolute, it was an absolute perfect casting choice on the director's part. Um, Kirishima too is just great. He, he's just this laid back, you know, redhead, um, which is like Justin Cook in real life, if you want to think about it. You're right. Just real, yeah, laid back, chill, doesn't have a care in the world, but he will throw down if he needs to, mm-hmm. and. Um, and he's just not brought how did he get how did they get up to level 80 by accident yeah. how did he get that lost <laughs> yeah kirishima and bakugo we don't see them i say good he sh- used his gps yeah. but yeah. he left yeah, his phone Kir- in the kirishima room. and bakugo we actually don't see him with the group for a majority of the time because their dumbasses got lost in the fucking tower yeah and of course kirishima left his phone back in the whole time which begs the question why didn't bakugo call someone Bakugo probably blew his phone up. You're Bakugo, Bakugo probably doesn't believe in calling for help. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's the one who suggested it. Yeah. You can you can already guess that Baku, Bakugo's password for his Wi-Fi is Deku sucks. Uh, <laughs> it, it would not surprise me if that was also Clifford Chapin's actual Wi-Fi God password. Damn it! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but uh but yeah. I'd actually like to think that Clifford Chapin's actual like Wi Fi password is like some intricate Transformers joke. Mm-hmm. Or Spider Man joke. Right. Oh my god. But anyways, um yeah, at the moment that Todoroki really became an actual character to me was actually in season three. Really? During during the Bakugo rescue. Really? Not all even not up- even the sports festival? The sports festival definitely helped, but, you know, it wasn't until they actually got into their costumes and he says, this is me incognito. Oh, okay. That, that we realized, <laughs> we realized you know, it. this character who has been so stoic up until now and just this, this you know, this real mysterious uh, A-plus student who can do all these things and is just like the next in line to be the next great hero. He's really just a dork at heart. He's an adorable yeah. dork. Yeah, and and you know that's when, because people were res- some one of my friends was really resenting Todoroki because he kind of stole uh, too much of the show for himself. But it was after that moment that you know was it Don? Yeah, sorry Don, <laughs> but uh, but it was it was at that moment that he kind of you know became okay. This guy is chill. I like him, and so, and I think you know it. Uh, David is able to play both the stoic and serious Todoroki as well as the slightly goofy Todoroki to the more heartfelt, you know, who's still trying to figure out who he is 
uh, and try to get out of the shadow of his father and the experience that he had with his mother. Um, yeah, I, I no longer see him as like this this stoic, um, like man of few words. He's just an adorable dork. So I think David plays that really well. Uh, moving on, we are getting to our first set of new characters. Uh, Yay! These are our antagonists. We have uh, Doctor Professor Samuel Abraham, who is uh, David Shield's assistant. He is the one who actually set up the entire uh, hostage situation and suggested it to David in order to get this particular item back. It's one of the last uh, twists of the film. Right. Yes. The, but we put that spoiler warning there for a reason, remember? Yes. Um, we also put the warning that this isn't the actual movie, you oh pirates. Oh my god. Yeah. Please yeah. stop leaving comments that you were disappointed that this isn't the actual fucking film. Sorry. Yeah, right. Support the official release, you bitches. Yeah. Um, and then we have our main antagonist, Wolfram, who is the leader of a group of mercenaries who proceed to carry out the hostage situation at the expo. And his quirk is that he can control metal. If he, he's not sort of like Magneto, he has to touch something first, but then he can create any sort of metal device to, uh, to attack or to ensnare his opponents. He also uses the most powerful quirk in all of My Hero Academia, gun. Yes. <laughs> no one outruns gun. Gun! Oops. Yes. This is the power of my stand. Gun! Gun! Gun. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Though there is a song by Weird Al Yankovic called Trigger Happy, so maybe that would... Uh, but yeah, playing Sam, we have Barry Yondell. And playing Wolfram, visiting from California, we have Key Silverstein. Yay! Mm-hmm. And this is not the first Funimation film where Key Silverstein has played a villain. He was also the main villain in One Piece film Gold. Ah, yes, this is correct. You are yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So, who wants to talk about the bad guys? So let's talk about Sam first, because I I didn't know that was Barry yet. Me neither. <laughs> I thought you were lying to me. <laughs> Which is weird, because I thought Barry Endell like showed up in the series already. Because I thought he, and then I was like, wait, no, Kenny Green's that guy in season three. Um, but. Barry Endell does a really good job. I don't have a ton to say about Sam because he literally doesn't do that much in the movie, except for at the very end, um, compared to like all the other characters. And he's not a character that's in the show. So I don't have anything. Keith Silverstein's great, though, as Wolfram, who, in the end, it was all, all for one. We gotta kind of get back to the canon somehow. Um, he was great as just like the. It's the reason you put Keith Silverstein at things, unless you want him to, like, drip sex off his voice. <laughs> um, and then there's Johan Liebert. Yeah. Or or oh. he's also my he's also my favorite piece of shit in Boongo. One of my favorite pieces of shit in Boongo. Yeah. Um, which, when we record another episode of our podcast that is not related to this, it's going to be really funny to talk about that. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about, <laughs> too. <laughs> Just so, Steph, it's you can gonna cut it be out. awkward as all hell. Oh fuck! <laughs> I 
mostly because <laughs> in the show, one show, that character with that name is really sexy and I'd like to go on a date with him. The one in the other show, I do, it needs to go to jail. <laughs> no, I actually couldn't believe it was Kelly Silverstein at points. I kept thinking it was somebody else and I'm like, wait, no, that's Kate Silverstein's character. Cool! Uh, I genuinely really enjoyed it. He dripped evil. He he was a lot of fun to listen to. He got to have his big over-the-top shit at the end. Where, like, he chokes out All Might pretty bad. Like, the last, like, ten minutes of this movie are, like, extra violent. Yep. <laughs> Even for my hero. It's like, it's like, it's like, oh, we're not on television. We can push it. It's like when Fairy Tale had the fucking rape dungeon and, uh, and, uh, Dragon Cry. Um, <laughs> I, I had gotten that out of my head. Thanks, man. Which is gonna be really, really weird in about, like, ten minutes. Right. Um, oh, God. To- <laughs> God, no, you're right. <laughs> so, yes. so, I really liked both performances, especially, uh, though I do wish that Sam did more in the movie so I could give Barry Endell a uh, more fair shake, so. <laughs> yeah, Barry Endell didn't get to do much. Also, that did not sound like fucking Barry Endell. I am used to Zaruba and what are the the, whatever the fuck else he does with that his uh, his character in FMA what's his name uh, Yogi Yogi Yogi, or something? Yogi yeah. uh, the little red demon and soul eater uh, that thing was literally just called the demon, demon. Yeah. Um, he was a pope girl he was, he was a pope I'm girl. used to that voice I'm not used yeah. to this voice um, which is a very nice and fun change and um <laughs> Again, Sam doesn't really get to do much or contribute to the story that much, honestly. Aside from being a twist villain, slightly. One of, like, three twists in the span of, like, five fucking minutes. <laughs> like, what? Hi. <laughs> um, but, uh, hello, my name is Stephanie. I'm Welcome to my TED Talk. I'm here to talk about Keith Silverstein. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Look here. I love Keith Silverstein. He's he's definitely one of my favorite voice actors um, ever, especially because I'm obsessed with Monster and Johan Liebert is just like, fuck. <laughs> anyway, um, but Johan Liebert Wolfram is not, <laughs> for sure. Um, Keith Silverstein just has like so much cunning and slimy evil to him. And it's just you can tell he's having so he had so much fun with this. Um like Wolfram was a character that you really love to hate similar to Minetta <laughs> you love to hate this character and it helps having this character with like such irre- like irredeemable qualities and motivation and you just want to like see the ever loving shit kicked out of him um which plays the strengths of the franchise in general like while these characters can be somewhat relatable and they're fun to get to know they are the performances for these characters are just fantastic and like just so fantastic that you just hate them so much and you want them to just, as Bakugo would say, die, <laughs> mm-hmm. die, die. And um, for sure, Keith Keith had so much fun with Wolfram, and it's a great, great villain character. I would say he's my third favorite villain. Of the entire franchise. Oh, wow. Probably. Um, with Robert McCollum as Stain as first, John Swayze as um, One for All being second. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty pretty up there. Um, mm-hmm. Shigaraki can sit in a corner and kick rocks. <laughs> Shigaraki is also an irredeemable piece of shit, and I do like Eric Vale's portrayal of it, but it's 
It, it, mm. Shigaraki's also a piece of shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, this... I definitely enjoyed Keith Silverstein's performance as Wolfram. It's just so deliciously evil. So deliciously evil. And I want to just, like, kick him in the fucking face. <laughs> That's how good it is. Yeah. Um... Let's talk about Barry Yandela, Sam, for a minute, because I know he doesn't get technically do much, but I think he unexpectedly has the most impact in the terms of the story. He kind of does, but, in a way. Because he is the one who made the first suggestion to David to stage the hostage situation in the first place. Right. Just to convince David to get his machine out, only to betray David by hiring actual mercenaries instead of actors yep. just so that mm -hmm. he could get all the fame and fortune for himself. David has his reasons for doing it. Sam is just being a greedy piece of ass. And and then Wolfram comes around and is just like, yeah, fuck you, this is mine now. Yeah. It's instant karma because yeah. you have Sam being the betrayer. And I've mentioned this on, on the podcast before. One of my... One of the most evil actions a villain can do is to betray uh, someone they've trusted. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, all things considered, Sam is technically the main villain of the film. Because it if it been. wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him, um, <laughs> David would have never had the idea of even staging the hostage situation in the first place. You're right. Uh, and so <laughs> watching Barry's performance go from this soft, ill-mannered, you know, middle-aged man... And then turn around and go, you know, hey, it was your fault. Um, it should have been about me. You made them give take away fault. my you, machine. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't yeah. fight to get the research. We could have been famous. We could have made a lot of money. All this fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And just watching him go into this breakdown mode. He doesn't do much, but he break works. Down, down. He works. He works what he has to offer. Absolutely. And so... And so, yeah, I think Barry did a really good job. And you're right. I didn't recognize him at first either until I read the credits. Yeah. So let's talk about Keith Silverstein for a minute. This man is born to play villains. Oh, my God. He is. He was. Yeah. Um, because he's not only has he Johan Liebert. Uh, the he's best also, villain. He's also Hisaka from Hunter Hunter, which you mentioned, you know, Keith Silverstein is only best at doing villains and dripping sex. That's something Hisaka does both at the same time. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. Multitasking, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Multitasking. Okay, no, there's all, there's also another thing that Keith Silverstein does really well, and that's Shakespeare from Fate Apocrypha. Oh, right. And he's Lupin every now and then, too. Uh, at least he's yeah. been in once. But yeah, um, Wolfram is just a delightful villain. He's scummy. He's sleazy. And, and this is the type of role that Keith Silverstein is born to play. And he just hams it up. I know you two don't really um, watch the One Piece movies all the time, but if you do go watch... Uh, One Piece Film Gold when you get a chance. I think he I, was, I either own Film Gold or, or Film Z. I can't remember. Yeah. No, Film Z. Film Z, you get uh, Angry Jeremy Schwartz, which is also fun. Oh, I have... Um, uh, uh, yeah, I have Film Z. I don't have um, Gold. Yeah. That's what I have. Yeah. Gold, he basically plays, you know, what? Yeah, just this flamboyant... Fl flamingo of oh, a villain. I've seen the clips. It's just fucking glorious, and I want to see it bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I mean, he puts off very similar vibes to Wolfram here, and it's just a delight to listen to. Uh, I don't think I think he's probably one of my favorite actors to actually play villainous roles 
So it's just the perfect uh, tone of voice for it, really. Yeah. And then there's Johan. <laughs> And then there's Johan, stupid sexy Johan. Stupid sexy so. Johan, I love Johan. Shut up. Yeah. Stupid sexy Johan. <laughs> All right. So moving on from our antagonists to our new our new set of characters, we have David and Melissa Shield. Uh, David is a professor at I Island, uh, one of their head technicians. He is responsible for a large amount of the patents to where most of their Equipment is and, and new um, pieces of machinery are made. So he's kind of a big deal. He's won a Nobel Quirk Prize, mm-hmm. if that's a thing. God bless. God bless this fucking yeah. series. God bless, yes. <laughs> he's also uh, All Might's former best, well, current best friend and former partner when All Might was still uh, being. We st- when All Might had pupils. Yeah, when All Might was <laughs> actually looked rather human. Um, and was in an exchange when All Might- program in, in America. And he was just getting, you know, his feet wet in the superhero business. Um, he's also a widower and the father of his daughter, Melissa, who is a 17-year-old girl living on the island, uh, trying to follow her, follow in her father's footsteps. She makes a few inventions of her own, and she gets caught up in the situation to where she's not taken hostage, but she's teamed up with the... Uh, class 1A students in order to help uh, shut the hostage situation down and release the security. Here's the thing, though. David has a quirk, but it does not allow him to be a hero, and we don't know exactly what it does. Melissa is born quirkless. So, yes. so she actually is, is has a lot in common to how Deku was at the very beginning of the series. And so, playing these two characters, as David... (laughs) We're going back to fairy tale, fuck. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Playing these two characters, as David Shield, we have Ray Chase, and as his daughter Melissa Shield, we have Erica Mendez. Uh, If this duo sounds familiar, it's because they also made... They also were in the dub for fairy tale Dragon Cry earlier. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot I Mendes was in that. that. <laughs> yep. I just remembered so, Ray Chase's fucking slave yeah. dungeon for yeah. fairy tale dragon S- crime. And the fact S- that we can't fucking recognize Ray Chase to save our lives. Fairy. Yeah. I forgot what his character's name is in that. Oh, I forgot. It's, it's, uh, he's ass bastard. It is mine as well. Ass bastard. Yeah. Tags, yeah, hypnotism, <laughs> hypnotism. But anyways, corruption. it's interesting because of of Keith Silverstein and our Ray Chase and Erica Mendez is that for the movies they like to pull in a fairly consistent California cast with these three. And then it, mm-hmm. and then uh, here's the thing: they actually were the second group of California people to actually be pulled in. Technically, true, true, yeah. Because Cassandra Lee Morris was the first. Mm-hmm. All right. Side note, the answer to the Coda... question of what the character's name is, because this is my life, Zash Kane. Right, Zash Kane. Zash Kane tags. Mm-hmm. All right. And Zash Kane's hentai tags. So what did we think of uh, the, the shields? Uh, I'll start, because I've been going first. So, man, Ray Chase is a vocal chameleon. I I both love and hate talking about Ray Chase, because I can never recognize him in fucking anything. Damn you, Prince Noctis! <laughs> um, 
Oh god, it is so much weirder because we're recording this as Boongo Season 3 is getting a a simuldub. And it's Ray Chase doing a flawless Russian accent. Oh, yes. (laughs) As Doskoevsky, where he he puts a cap in Bryce. Oh, yes. I just remember Hardy getting on the Discord. Man, Doskoevsky is not a good person. (laughs) My favorite line line for that episode is, I have no use for such pebbles. Oh, yes. yes. Just like, uh, oh, man, I can't. uh, He's going to have so much fun when they actually record Dead Apple. Oh, Um, my God, yes. Please record Dead Apple. Do it. Please record Dead Apple because I want to host that so bad. Please, Um, I'll be with you. Shush. Uh, So, Ray Chase does a really good dad voice. I don't think I've ever remembered Ray Chase playing someone's dad because I haven't watched Be the Beginning. Yeah, he plays Um, himself and his dad in Be the Beginning. Oh, shit. I didn't know he's. (laughs) I forgot that was a thing. He's like Fry from Futurama. He's his own granddad. Um, David is. He gets a lot of David's, like, emotionality point because David's, like, does not want to let go of All Might, like, the All Might that he knew. And it takes a lot. And he does bad, awful things. Yeah. And he's. So charismatic and so sympathetic in the whole role, and Ray Chase knocks it out of the park. Um, I really enjoyed that he didn't make. I like that he didn't. He I could completely believe that both he and All Might were around the same age. Um, even though All Might will get to All Might, we get there. Like I could, I could easily see David like interacting with like Aizawa and believing that they're around the same age as yeah, each other. Absolutely. Um, so good job on Ray Chase. Uh, Erica Mendez as Melissa just felt like she was another part of the show that had always been there. Yeah. Like, it didn't, it didn't feel, it, it felt as if Melissa Shield has always been in this anime and that Erica Mendez had always been playing this character. Uh, Erica Mendez is an actress that I think has an incredible range. She plays little girls, she plays little boys, um... Speaking of this, um, she plays she plays little boy as well, and let me repeat my favorite uh, joke as it is Father's Day. Your name is gone, and I'm gonna be gone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't that is my Hunter. favorite fucking Hunter Hunter joke. Thanks. My name is gone, and you're, I'm gonna be gone. That's literally the first episode, Steph. Oh, um, good to know. So, um, she is so good at this and i really like that she is this character like i'm kind of happy that they didn't save her for like somebody in this show where like erica mendez could yell a ton or like a little boy i like that she was like this sweeter 17 year old girl like she's the all-american like she had the all-american good girl voice which was great because these she's actually american um (laughs) so great thumbs up to both of them oh boy um so, Erica Mendez as Melissa Shield. Where are my notes? She's. I just think she's downright fantastic. She's very kind hearted and very passionate about what she wants to do with her life. And, um, the biggest testament, like Megan said, she's a part of the franchise that always just seemed to be there, despite it being a one off character. Which not only is kudos to her, but it's also kudos on the directing and the writing. Um, to make it just seem like a flawless fit in this world. Um, Melissa is just sweet and adorable, and I love her to pieces. Um, and I want to cosplay her former wear so, so bad. I think that was <laughs> when I got out of the movie. That was one of the first fucking things I said to everyone. I'm like, I actually want to cosplay Melissa Shield. 
as someone who does who's only cosplayed once, I want to cosplay as Melissa Shields. Um, but yeah, like Erica is just this fun, kind-hearted, down-to-earth, um, very, very inspired, and has this like wide-eyed curiosity about her. Um, the scene where she's first introduced and she's just like looking over Deku and all of his like equipment and then like his scars, his hand. She's like, hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> it's like she's such so curious and she's really adorable. Um, Ray chases David Shield. Oh, God, Ray Chase, you beautiful, glorious bastard. <laughs> oh, God, when are we ever going to recognize you? Probably never. Never. Probably never. You're going to surprise us all the damn time. Um, David, his portrayal of David is, I really, really love it. It's, it's very grounded in reality, and it's also... You can also sense, an, uh, like, watching it the second time, I kind of se- I noticed this a bit more um, compared to the first time, especially since knowing what happens in the film. There's a sense of exhaustion behind the voice, which mm-hmm. for, like, early on, you, something you wouldn't catch on. But um, considering the twist in the third act where all, he just he's just trying to get his research back because he wants to save his friend, and you can just tell that exhaustion is there he's tired of like seeing his friend just kind of wither away in a, in a sense he wants to see the symbol of peace still going strong and it's a very i love that take excuse me i love the take in the portrayal of david shield with that sense of exhaustion and that sense of urgency and slight desperation and he's very good at keeping his ulterior motives hidden throughout the course of the film that you Again, when you're watching it for the first time, you obviously wouldn't be able to tell that David Shield was involved in this whole thing the entire time. You would not be able to tell until the third act of it. So I think for all intents and purposes and for all the parts of this in the film here, I think Ray Chase is is a phenomenal job as David Shield. And I'm very just sad that we don't get to see the Shields that often, like ever again, probably. Well, I don't. I think uh, Horikoshi has made some statements that the movie might actually be canon, so we might actually see the shields pop up later in the manga. I hope but so, I, only mm-hmm. because like Melissa and Deku as like this team similar to All Might and David Shield, that'd be fantastic. Except for David's in well, jail now. No, David's in a hospital bed <laughs> right now. But no, also jail. No, because that that scene at the end after the conflict is resolved, and um, All Might and David are just watching those two, like from below, and these like this next generation of sorts is like, I want to see this goddamn team up happen. Let's go, Melissa and Deku. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Like I want to see it. But yeah, I, I like it's great additions to the the franchise and the story in general. And these two performances are just fantastic. Okay. Uh yeah um. What was I going to say? I don't know. This, is, ha- this happens so often. My brain is wrong. Donkey pants? Yeah, besides donkey pants. It's always donkey pants. God damn it. Uh, I was taking a drink. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that both of them do great. And uh, and I definitely picked up on Ray Chase, um, how he, he plays the character with this sort of 
you said exhaustion, but also like like he's he's apprehensive, he's worried. Yeah. He yeah, he's just he's really really concerned. And when and yet at the same time, he wants to do the best that what, that he can for his daughter, mm-hmm. and doesn't want her to get involved in any of this. And so when the jig is up and the villain is revealed. And you could tell he sort of has this breakdown. He's like, you know, he's doing bad things for an honorable reason. Right. And, and, and you just watch as his face contorts. He's like, I didn't want you to get involved in this. This I'm doing this just for All Might. And I don't care what happens to me afterwards if I go to jail or what. Yeah. You, know, the, you know, I'm doing this to save my friend. And, and the confrontation between him and his daughter is, is very heartbreaking. Um, and then you have Erica Mendez, which is an actress who has such an incredible range that I could usually tell her out whenever she's the kind of actress I can usually tell it's her, mm-hmm. but I can always tell that she's doing something different. And there's, there's a difference between that and when someone does some voice acting black magic and you can't recognize them. Very <laughs> Ondell. Um, Barry Ondell, there you go. But um, but yeah, and I, I always appreciate Erica coming in and doing a completely different role than, from what she's been typecast as. She can play the really girly girls and also the tomboys and also the little boys and, and, and all that you, that you need. And um, it's always fascinating seeing her jump from one type of a role to another. And I think she, I, I agree. I, I definitely would like to see more of Melissa um, appear in the franchise later on. So I hope this isn't the end. So. Me too. All right. With that having been said, let's. Oh boy, here we come. Let's. Here comes the pie eating contest. <laughs> oh yes. Let's get directly to the the titular two heroes themselves. We have our main protagonist. Izuku Midoriya, a.k.a. Deku. And we also have our main uh, mentor. We have Toshinori Yagi, a.k.a. All Might, the symbol of peace. Both of these share a quirk called One for All that grants them incredible strength and speed. However, for All Might's case, uh, he because of a serious injury, he is gradually losing his abilities and is only able to keep his muscular form up for a few hours a day. As far as Deku is concerned, he is not able to fully control his powers yet and ends up horribly maiming and breaking himself every time he tries to use it. I can break my legs! Deku oh learned boy. to break his legs this time! My legs now! Yes, yeah. Deku tries leg break. It's super effective. <laughs> so anyways, playing the two heroes... It's my favorite fucking comic is when Deku's like, Oh my god, I have legs! I can break these! <laughs> playing Deku, we have Justin Briner. Playing All Might, we have Christopher R. Sabat. Oh boy, here, already passed the fork. Here's the fork. Go ahead, munch down. Have your pie. Here you go. Eat some pie. When Christopher Sabat was announced to play All Might, I was sad that it wasn't David Wald. (laughs) I wanted David Wald to be All Might so fucking bad. Because I had just watched Garo. And happy Father's Day to Herman Louise. (laughs) The the most sexy dad of all time. The Dilf of all Again, dilfs. side note, even though this is released in August, we recorded this on Father's Day. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody but you, Endeavor! 
Um, I was so upset and I was disappointed and I couldn't get into Chris Sabat's performance as All Might and I thought it wasn't very good. I, Megan, last name redacted. <laughs> Queen Era 2, shit poster with hard anime opinions on the internet. Am wrong. Christopher R. Savitt is a perfect All Might. He is, bar none, the gold standard for this type of character being dubbed. He does the big cartoony superhero voice. He does the small might. He does the yell. He does the smashy smash. Smashy smash. Smash. <laughs> I love that. Just... It's hard to... It's just like... It is a... We are we are lucky enough to witness Christopher Sabat play All Might. The amount of love and care in he brings into playing this character is bar none, and it comes across as a dub viewer that he he is he loves Toshinori Yagi. He loves this character, and across three seasons in a movie, he is. There's a reason we put him up last year for the fan vote, even though I actually tried to push for Clifford. Um, there's a reason you all voted for him as the best returning performance. Like, what else is there to say? He is, he is, he is as close to me, as close as Jameson Price as Iskandar in per as perfection. Because I have openly stated that, like, my, one of my, my, like, outright, I think, like, the most perfect two performances in an anime dub of all time were Lucian Dodge and, uh, Jameson Price as, uh, Waver and Ryder, respectively. And this gets very close to that. And Justin Briner, man, like, I fucking called it and y'all owe me. Yeah, yeah. I, I called it when he was Mika and Seraph that this kid was going to be the next big thing in, like, dub voice acting. And he's great as Deku. I have never had an issue with Justin Briner being Deku. He he does the screaming, he does the yelling, he does the heartfelt stuff. Like, it, it is such a treat to watch the two of them work as these characters. And that fucking double Detroit oh, smash. Yes. Oh, yeah. The most hype thing oh, you could ever yes. watch in oh, theaters. Yes. The whole theater just, like, a bunch of, like, like... Like Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, and K. Rulesy and Banjo. <laughs> like, it's so. Mm, 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 yeah. It's so perfect. So, so good. Mm. Uh -huh. So delicious. I don't, I don't oh, know God. if I mentioned this. If you, I mentioned this in the chat. I needed a cigarette after watching that. <laughs> but, um, but on the special features for the DVD, they actually recorded both Chris and Justin doing the double Destroyed Smash in the booth. Oh my god, yes! Nice! Yeah. Yes! Anyway, I'm done, go ahead. Oh, sweet lord. Um, I'm gonna start with Deku too, because Justin makes him so adorable. Deku is... Deku is just a mix of things. He's endearing, he's sincere, he's genuine, he is... Adorable. He is sweet. He is kind. He's heroic. Deku is a lot of fucking qualities, and Justin is able to portray all of them so fantastically. And in this film, it's like 
the film just takes everything up to 11. <laughs> like, the, like, the stakes are raised. The characters are just, like, dialed up without being, like, overdone and too corny. And Justin gets the great opportunity to just really, really get to expand a little bit on Deku. And he gets to go all out thanks to Melissa's little gauntlet that she made and she decided to give him. Um, and it's one of the rare instances where he not only gets to f- go all out and not break himself, but he also gets... Oh, thank God, Deku gets to walk out of this with both arms still working. Holy shit. But we also get the glory that is probably the one time we'll see Deku and All Might just fight together. And it's, oh, just wonderful. Um, it was like Batman and Robin for the first time. I know, right? It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Justin encapul- encapsulates a lot of Deku's personality and his insecurities. And it's from day one, it's been a fantastic performance and a fantastic ride for um, Justin. And then we have Sabbat as um, All Might here. And I, I think when the show first started i was hesitant but i was willing to give it a try like i know a lot of i know everybody else was kind of just like i am i is disappoint why is this a thing but i'm just like i'm just i'm not gonna count them out just yet i'm gonna give it a try and um like i went in with low expectations for his portrayal of all might but uh, like he blew it out of the fucking water (laughs) like this is one of those moments where you can say that Christopher Sabat is All Might. Like, you can't tell me I'm wrong. You cannot tell me I'm wrong. He he has so much fun with the dual personas where he's the hammy and fun, haha, I am here kind of guy. Then you have the more light, little laid back, a little more calmer um, Toshinori here. And then, like, so many different aspects of his personality the insecurities the the um yells and the fights and there's just so much in all might's character that Sabbath gets to play with in the span of these three seasons and the film that's just fantastic and what's gonna suck here on out obviously for those who have watched the show we don't get actual big all might anymore we get toshinori back for like probably forever except maybe the rare occasions but i also think despite the the direction of the character trope of the hero itself i really love him as small small might toshinori small might well it does it doesn't really matter if he's small might or all might he is still and will forever be the symbol of peace absolutely (laughs) but um, even if even forced into retirement he He's still a teacher. Absolutely. He, yeah. He's, he's still a teacher, but I think as Toshinori, as Small Might here, he gets to have a lot more complexity and a lot more depth to the character that, gets to, that he gets to like sink his teeth into compared to when he's big, muscular, all might, because that's just the persona that he puts on. So I think as Toshinori, he actually gets a little bit more to sink his teeth into. That's why I love that side of the character more than I do All Might, actually. Um, but yeah, like, you cannot tell me that, you cannot convince me that anyone aside from Chris or Sabat can be All Might. You cannot convince me. Like, 
I cried like a bitch during the fight against All for One. I cried like a fucking bitch, and I will admit it. Uh, sorry. But yeah, both of these performances are fantastic. Like, I can't see this happening any other way, in all honesty. Uh, both in the series and the film is just, oh, probably the few, the one time we'll get to see All Might and Deku fight together. God! Why? All Might, why? <laughs> my, my tears. <sighs> okay, um, time for me to come clean. Uh oh. Um, yeah, Megan pretty much called it when it came to Justin Briner. I'll admit that. Yeah, bitch. Because when Seraph of the End first came out, I think it was probably because we had only heard his little boy voice in the first few episodes, yep. and we mm-hmm. hadn't actually heard more from him as actual Michaela. Yep. Um, I was very judgmental of him. I did not. No, you were kind of harsh. I was kind of harsh, right? Um, Mainly, it's probably because his voice—he wasn't using his real, grown-up voice. Absolutely. And so, I was kind of hesitant to accept Justin Briner for the first little bit. And when he got cast as Deku, I'm like, okay, we'll see what he can do. And from day one, he has been knocking it out of the park. He just, he encapsulates that character so well. Just when Deku is is happy, when Deku is sad, when he's angry. Uh, I think one of the best scenes in the film is when the guy tries to hurt Melissa. He just plows him into the stairs with one bunch. Get the fuck out of here, bitch! Yeah. He's like, not in my house. Except for Deku would never say fuck. Yeah. He slapped that man like Dikembe Motombo. <laughs> no, no, no. Not in my house. house. You go away now. <laughs> All five, the only person I know, who, the only people I know who are going to get that reference are Crimson and Jamal. Yeah. And, the people, and the people from Right Stuff's me, social media. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. I just, I think Justin Briner is fantastic as Deku and when I did meet Colleen at ABC I just had to congratulate her for casting him as it because he he is that character definitely I'll admit the reason I was so apprehensive about Christopher Sabat playing All Might at first was because I was afraid he was falling into a pattern Uh, when Dimension W was first announced I'm like, hey, I want to hear someone new play the main character. Uh, I was really hoping for Marcus Stimmick, actually. Because you are just dead set on Marcus Stimmick having a lead role, because he is awesome, though. Still still am, actually. Oh, I, still, I still make predictions. Uh, it turned out to be Chris Sabat, and I was upset. Then they get the rights to Ghost of the Shell Arise. And I'm like, I really hope, if nothing else, they can bring back Richard Epcar to play his role as Bato and not cast him as Sabbat. They cast him as Sabbat and I was upset. And then My Hero Academia gets announced. I took a look at All Might. I'm like, you know, I would like to see someone like Patrick Seitz or Chris Rager or someone else who has one of those big, deep, booming voices play this character and I hope that they don't just go with the safe choice and just give it to Sabbat. <laughs> they gave it to Sabbat. And at first I was upset. And then as season one went along, and I think it happened 
at the moment of the Nomu fight, mm-hmm. where he said the line, "You may have heard these words before, but let me teach you what they really mean." Oh yes. Go beyond. Plus, oh ultra. My ears. I'm sorry for all headphone users. No, no, no. I'm just in the... here, like, clapping my hands. I'm like, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I pulled the mic back a little bit so that it it wouldn't deafen you. That is the moment that I'm like, okay, I was wrong. Chris Sabat is All Might, just like Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. You can't. That is a strong statement to yeah. make. Yeah. And and watching the special features on the Blu-ray, they interviewed him, and he said that this is literally the, his favorite thing that he's ever done. You can tell too. Yeah, much to much to the anger of every Dragon Ball. Fan. And, and and he and here's the thing: he loves Dragon Ball. He loves playing all the characters uh, that he does in Dragon Ball. He even directs Dragon Ball. Um, for him to come out for that series that he's devoted a large part of his life to and to hear him come out and say, Hey, I like my hero better than anything mm-hmm. else I've ever done. That's a big statement to make. Oh yeah. And, and so, yes, um, I have been converted. I am Yay. it completely in the Christopher's or Christopher Sabbath camp now. So plus ultra <laughs> plus ultra ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. Yes. Ah, sorry. My, my right. hero is just so much fun. <laughs> it really yeah. is. M- moving into final thoughts, you know, go ahead. Just is there anything else we we need to say other than it's it's basically the biggest hit? It's fucking great. It's it's, it's pretty oh much great. God. There's there there are flaws, but they are so minute and insignificant that it's hard. Yeah, you have to actually go into looking for flaws, and they are there. But mm. at the end of the day, it's not the most original thing. It's not the most, um, it's... This stuff is great, fight yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My Hero Academia, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it's not original, it's just superheroes are so played out right now. It doesn't have to be original, it just has to be good. Yep. Yeah, My Hero Academia isn't gonna win any awards for originality, but what it does well, it does with such heart and such, like, gung-ho... And even even for the things that it it talks about, like like it does a really good job. Like My Hero Academia is a series that like straight up has a a character that is seen as a good guy who's a fucking abusive dad and an abusive husband, and he's a good guy. Yeah. Like it's, it's like it takes it takes some of the cliches and the tropes that we've gotten used to, both in the superhero genre as well as the shonen genre in general, um, and twist them and and makes it into a way that's not stale and and it's not stale and it's not original but it's something that you can still like find find the heart and the complexity and all of this just get hyped as shit (laughs) yeah like go ahead i'm sorry I've had the discussion with, like, other people. It's like, yeah, no, like, My Hero is one of my favorite anime because it reminds me of why I got Absolutely. into this job, like, medium. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's why I got into anime. It's it's, it's as much, f- like, fun, goofy, dumb shit as it is heartfelt, no, no holding back punches, 
about being a good person and being the best person you can mm-hmm. be and to go beyond your limits. And, like, yeah, no, it, is it, like, monster where, like, I'm gonna sit here and play 3D chess with myself? No, I don't want to fucking play 3D chess while watching Look My here, Hero. I'll play 3D chess I wanna with watch myself, pe- but that's just me. <laughs> I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying, like, I love series like that. Like, I fucking love Aka 13, oh, yeah. and that literally is, like, like I like stuff like that. I... I like a lot of darker stuff. Like I like I like dumb edgy bullshit like Tokyo Ghoul, but I and like Seraph of the End, which is also not doing anything. Like Seraph of the End isn't the most original thing in the world, but goddamn, is it having fun? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't have to be. It has its original. It has original aspects when it needs to. Yeah. Like like it. Look at Momo, for instance. They could have very, very easily turned her into the snotty, rich girl oh, Josama, and they didn't. They turned her into a sweetheart. A lot of um, a lot of the characters they could have gone straight stereotypical type type typical um tropes and stuff, yeah. but they gave them more complexity. They could have easily made Deku the new kid in school who got bullied and wasn't respected. They did they turned that around that he's like more respected in the class than Bakugo is yep. actually. Because Bakugo's an asshole. They could, right. they could have made Todoroki this emotionless cold human being, but you get to learn his story. Like there's yeah. a lot of compl- like Yeah, Todoroki could have fucking just been Yuno from Black Clover. Absolutely. Like yeah. it takes a lot of tropes. No offense, Mike. I'm sorry. No <laughs> it takes a lot of tropes and those unoriginal ideas, but turns them into like converts them into a way that is very enjoyable. And yeah. that's the franchise in general. And in terms of the film itself, like it's a very b- good extension of that for sure. It's a big celebration of like this is what you like about my Absolutely. hero. Come watch it in like HD movie spectacle. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's another movie coming out eventually. Yay! And we know nothing about. Oh, God. So hopefully we get that one dubbed as well. Um, but in yeah. short, it's a fantastic series with a fantastic dub. And the movie why, is if fantastic. You're, if you're not watching it, why aren't you watching it? My recommendation for the movie, I said this before, watch it with a group of friends. Because mm-hmm. that is the best experience and in the world. get shit-faced. Not yeah. shit-faced. Just at least watch it with a group of friends because you will be so hype as fuck. <laughs> like, you, you'll all be cheering as a group. You'll all be just like, oh my god, yeah, go for yeah. it. It's this is not great. a shit- this is not a shit face movie. No. This is a soda pop and pizza movie. Absolutely. Bring Can it. we just soda pop? And, guess what we're doing at Aphex? Yes. Um, yep. After the con, if we haven't already by the time this goes up. <laughs> but yeah. yes. Anyway, so if you have not yet seen My Hero Academia Two Heroes, uh, you have to buy it, basically. No. Uh, I, yep, you have to buy it on Blu-ray or DVD, or Blu-ray and DVD. Isn't or it I also, streaming? It's not streaming, actually. I thought it was uh, one of the ones that was streaming. No, it. Uh, they added some ones that were the two DB, two DBZ movies, Your Name and Shin Godzilla, is what they recently. And they're taking and then they're, down the Hosoda films. Okay. They're they taking added, down the Hosoda films. Two heroes. They they put no not two heroes just yet not Broly just yet. I think those are going to be a while. So, Darn! I thought they added it. My bad. Yeah. Um. So if you want to watch the movie, you have to buy it. Uh, it's available on Blu-ray or DVD, uh, either from any online retailer, or you could probably this one's popular enough. You could probably find it at Walmart or Target. Um, yeah, actually, there's like an exclusive version at Walmart with a lenticular uh, case. Actually, yeah, that's the one I have. Mm, that's nice. Uh, if you would um let's see here 
Do we need to go ahead and promote the Funimation Now streaming, seeing as I was not streaming on it? If you I, do wa- th- I would say if you want to watch the show in general, probably go that route. Yeah. If you want to watch My Hero Academia, you can. it's streaming on Funimation Now. Um, I think it's also streaming on Crunchyroll in the sub. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. At this point, we've, we've uh, pimped those websites out so much, you know where to find them. Uh, if you want to find us, obviously you're watching this episode here on YouTube. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, please click subscribe and click the bell. Uh, post your comments below. We also have uh, our Twitter account, which is Dubtalk Podcast at Twitter. And tell us, Stephanie, what other accounts do we have? Because I keep forgetting. <laughs> we have, well, I think pretty much Tumblr is dead at this point. So we have an Instagram and we also have a Twitch account, all of which are at dub, our Dub Talk podcast. Side note, if you leave a comment on this video, please don't comment how horrible we are for not posting the full fucking movie. Yes, please, this is God not say. the movie. This is not for the millionth fucking time. And this is like the third year in a row. I'm not going to be surprised that we're going to see comments like this. This is not the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. You would think that yeah. people would be smart, but apparently not. I'm sorry, but there are people who are just like, why is this not mm-hmm. the move? Sorry, tangent yeah. over. I need to stop. P- please support the official release. Please is support what... the official release. Yes. Do not be filthy pirates. We love you yeah. all. Yeah. And also we have a coffee account if you'd like to send us a buck or two. Ah, uh, yes. You know? And I should say this because it'll have launched way, way before this. Um, we do also have a Patreon account um, if you're interested in supporting us and helping us grow um, the channel much, much more. Details will be in the description below. All right. And uh, if you want to find Megan, where can we find you? In Anime Joe. <laughs> Rusted for anime crimes. Uh, no, you can follow me at Queen Era 2. You, you, I thought that was Andrew, though. No, no, he's in a very special jail that's under Gigi's house with Noah. <laughs> I'm not asking any questions. So I never get to see my boyfriend again. Good to know. Uh, <laughs> you got to bribe the Wookiee. <laughs> you have to pay the troll toll if you want to get into that boy's hole. <laughs> Wouldn't it be the other way around? <laughs> Unless Steph's into that. Oh my god. <laughs> Steph, do you have a new court called Peg? <laughs> Fuck you. I'm <laughs> Thank you for that setup to the most exquisite dunk of all time. <laughs> Stephanie, where can people find you? Oh, when I'm not getting dunked on with my relationship. Um, you can find me on Twitter at like Anime Review with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. I also have a blog that I am long overdue to update. It's called Life and Times Otaku. Uh, and you can find it at lifeandtimesotaku.wordpress.com. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy. I am also a moderator on the Funimation forums and the Discord. If you want to come check us out, uh, unfortunately, we don't know when new dubbed episodes of One Piece are coming out. But if you have any other questions, feel free to come by and ask us there. Um, and I guess that's it. On behalf of uh, Megan and Stephanie, my OGs, we're done. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for season three of Summer at the Movies. I hope mm-hmm. y'all enjoyed our fun little rants across Lord knows how what different kinds of shit happens around here. <laughs> yeah. But um, let us know, and if you, because this is the third time we've been doing this, but please let us know if you like this yearly um, thing that we do. Let us know. And if you have ideas for uh, or suggestions for movies for next year that you kind of want to see us cover, let us know too. We might consider it for next year's lineup. 
Uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us for uh, season three of Summer at the Movies. Yeah, shall we? Uh, shall we do it for them one last time, ladies? Yes, sir. Sure. On on three, go beyond one, two, three. Plus, plus, plus ultra. Ultra. into Andrew's hole. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good night, everybody. I fucking hate you right now. I love you too, mom. Kita tsumori ga nigirareta te amane ku